don't you tell me a little bit about Lee? Okay, so I am playing Lee Aquino, uh, or Echo, who is the innocent. Physical description-wise, they're they're like fairly androgynous, but goes back and forth, um, which I'll get into in a bit. Uh, they're Filipino. Um, I chose like bright face. I was kind of thinking that like, if you like saw this kid in a classroom, you could immediately be like, that's the class clown. And they tend to wear they tend to wear clothes from their time period, which is um, the silver generation. So they, they arrived here from 1981. Um, and so their power is shape-shifting with like being non-binary. Sometimes they're going between like being more masculine or, masculine or more feminine, or just being like, I want my hair to be blue today. Um, along with just impersonating people for pranks, all fun stuff. <laughs> Awesome, awesome. And uh, so you're playing the innocent. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your future self? So my future self is Jordan Aquino uh, or Ditto. Uh, they have they have different names because since Jordan went through a normal time sequence, it took them a lot longer to figure out gender identity. So change names at a different point where they like different names, and also. At one point, they got super into Pokemon, so of course they had to become Ditto. Of course. And uh, what sort of crimes are uh, is Ditto known for? So, since they're a shapeshifter, they often use that to be like really deceptive um, and like take on personas, so that way they're not like implicated in the crime, um, or like just to sneak into places disguised as someone else. All right. I'm excited to get to know Lee and Jordan better, and uh, we hope you enjoy this spotlight issue. On the cover, a stylized version of the Paradigm Academy crest appears to be made of holofoil that shifts and changes appearance. Echo stands in the foreground, striking a heroic pose, while in the background, we see an older version of Echo looming over them with a grin. The tagline reads, A villain from our present is about to meet an Echo from their past. This is Spotlight Echo. Our first panel shows a modest home in Zenith Bay as we look in through a window pane and see a family gathering for dinner. There is a mother and a father who are hard at work in the kitchen preparing dinner, and two older children, uh, I say children, but they're more like adults at this point, but very clearly related to the, to the older folks in the, in the home, uh, standing at a counter, picking at, at food that's already been prepared, chatting and laughing, and we see a fifth figure descending stairs. Why don't you go ahead and describe for us what Lee looks like? What Lee looks like right now, since they're a shapeshifter. Um, I think right now they're looking like pretty androgynous, but like I feel like they could get red as, red as feminine since their hair is a bit like a bit longer, kind of like shoulder length for right now. Um, and it's also a very bright blue. Nice. Like, it wouldn't be too out of place now, but in 1981, your hair is, most people's hair is not going to be that blue. 
they're they're being a bit rebellious. <laughs> so we see this figure descend the stairs, and the mother calls out, "Lee, honey, where where are you going? We're about to sit down and have dinner." I've been kind of assuming that Lee is a name that they chose once they got to the future. So I think like to like not dead name, maybe it's kind of like a stamp that's like Lee on top of the dead name that just totally covers it up. Oh, I was just going out with Mulong. We were going to Zarkadium. There's there's some great pizza there, really greasy. Okay, but I I made your favorite. We we were we were just about to sit down. We were just about to have some lumpia. And, and have dinner as a family. Come on, come, come, sit, sit, sit. But Mulong already left. I think they like. They kind of like walk slowly over to the table and pull out the chair and sit down and just look down. <laughs> I'm assuming that back in that, because you're a rebellious child, that maybe you're mother isn't so appreciative especially if a a filipina mother i'm also the baby of the family so um she says so you all sit down at the table and um she says i see you've changed the color of your hair again i think she says that and the hair goes to a like vibrant green yep i don't think I'll ever get used to that. Well, uh, summer's approaching. I'm sure you're very excited not to have to worry about schoolwork. I was thinking maybe we could go on a family trip. You know, go, go visit where I grew up back in the Philippines. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be fun. I haven't gotten to go yet. Okay. Well, we'll, uh, we'll iron out the details later. And she she kind of looks over at your dad, who is the a little bit more the accepting person, I think. And he's just kind of he just kind of nudges like we see a panel of him like nudging her shin with his foot under the table. He sighs. You really wanted to go to the arcade, didn't you? Yeah, Bulong already left, so then she'll just get there. And I won't show up, and she'll probably be really disappointed. Alright, but don't be gone too late. You know I worry when you're out too late. I think we see, like, Lee's face just turn into this, like, they're just, like, get this huge grin on their face. Um, And then they, like, lean forward and, like, just quickly, like, snarf down as much food as they can go. They'd be like, thanks, Dad, thanks, Dad, you're the best, and it's out of there. Not quite speedster fast, but like they're gone. Would it be would it be safe to assume that because of your shape shape shifting abilities that maybe maybe the smile gets a little bit like cartoonishly big? <laughs> oh yeah, totally. Yeah, I think we I think we get a shot of that smile as you're leaving the house, and then we can, and then the next panel sees a strip of neon lights. As we pan into downtown Zenith Bay. And we have in bold lettering, Zenith Bay, 1981. Uh, So we get a close-up of this neon sign. There's like two laser guns blasting the words Zarkadium. 
and we see all of the light up, uh, the the bright Technicolor lights of these arcade machines. And uh, what what game do we find Lee playing if they are playing one? Maybe it's like that, like a uh, Invader game where there's like the spaceships that are at the top, and you've got like the the dude at the bottom, and you're trying to like move around and shoot them. I can't remember Ooh, the name of that you game. Know what? Okay, so what if so what if it's a like an Invaders style game, but it's based it's it's literally like a arcade cabinet that was created by someone local to represent the appearance of the extraterrestrials in Zenith Bay. I love it. So uh, you're playing you're playing this knockoff Space Invaders uh, and sipping on a, a diet coke or a regular coke or whatever you're drinking. Oh God, <laughs> do I don't know I don't know what existed in 1981. Oh God, it's got like the old like fashion uh, design on the can. Crystal, crystal Pepsi, <laughs> and you feel a tap on your shoulder as uh, Mulong, your your good friend Mulong. Taps you on the shoulder and she says, Seriously, Space Invaders again? Uh, yeah, my high score is only in fourth place. You know I gotta get to number one. Ah. <sighs> Ever competitive, aren't you? Well, a couple of us were planning on getting out of here. Uh, did you want to come along? We're going to the beach. We're gonna go look at that creepy alien spacecraft that's in the bay. I think the next panel we see of Lee, they've like totally turned away from the game and they're like, yeah, 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 I'm in. Let's go. <laughs> I think like we, we could like okay. see in the background, like the um, like the character just totally getting obliterated. <laughs> they've lost. Oh, but your high score. They can play again. <laughs> well, they won't be able to, but they think so. Um. So we 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 see the panel of you and you grabbing your coat and like a slice of pizza off of the uh, table where you all had been hanging out, chugging down the last couple of sips of your Crystal Pepsi. Oh my god! And uh, and and running out the door, and the next panel we see a darkened beachfront on Zenith Bay, and there is the outline of this spacecraft. It is kind of jagged looking it almost looks like a seven pointed star it but like uh, prismatic so it's like so it's like a seven pointed star in three dimensions Ooh. uh and it is just embedded in the in the beachfront like it sunk about halfway into the sand and it's the strange thing is it hasn't corroded or, or anything like there hasn't been any effects of the water or the elements on this thing Whatever it's made out of is completely immune to rust and and weather damage, uh, and it is jet black. That sounds awesome. So you all uh, arrive on the on the beachfront uh, in Zenith Bay, and Mulong says, "Wow, it's even creepier up close. I gotta say, I I haven't been here before, and it's just as creepy, if not creepier, than." Uh, everyone says i think like lee looks between mulong and the ufo and just like yeah it's creepy but also and just like gestures at it with both hands like this is also like the coolest thing i've ever seen right she says um well i dare you to touch it how far away are how far away are we from it you're about a hundred feet from it okay 150 feet, let's say. 
Yeah, I think like we see like this massive like cheesy grin on Lee's face before they head over to get closer to it. I think like they pause as they get within like ten feet of it and like turn around and they've shifted so that way their head is like the um the stereotypical alien with like kind of like triangular face and the big bug eyes. Uh <laughs> and they like hold up like a hand that's got uh only like three digits on it and like a peace sign. <laughs> Just just to fuck with them. And then um and then Lee turns around to touch the spaceship. So as you as you turn around and touch it, there is a humming sound that comes from inside the ship. And you hear the uh, distinct of a sealed environment uh being be like depressurizing. And a gangplank drops down from one of the tri- one of the like spiky projections on the ship, and a sort of eerie, like greenish yellow light illuminates the gangplank. So I think the next panel that shows Lee, they're they're back to normal. Um, mostly, I think their hair is a very similar green yellow color to the light coming out. Just for fun. Um, and they look back at their friends in Mulong. I think I think they, they actually look not like super scared, but like apprehensive now. And they look back and they're like, um was, has it ever done that ever? Uh I mean I I haven't been in Zenith Bay that long, so I can't really say for certain, but as far as I stories that I've heard, no, it's that nobody knows why it's here or why why it's still here. I think like Lee pauses for a second and then and then goes over to try to like not not like stand on the gangplank, but try to look up into the opening to see if they see anything. Uh you look up into the opening and you see a small figure like dart past the gangplank. About about three or four feet tall, sort of sort of uh, portly, and uh, sporting like the stereotypical like alien antennae on the top of its head. Oh, excellent! Yeah, Lee turns back to Mulong and is like, "Did did did you just see that?" Yeah, I saw it. Uh, you, I think you should get away from there. I don't. I don't. This feels weird. Yeah, but like it's it's an alien spaceship and it hasn't opened before and now it's open. And you're telling me you don't want to go check it out? So, I'd like you to roll 2d6 for me to try to convince Moonlong to come along with you into the spaceship. That's a 6. Moonlong looks at you and says, "Oh hell no, I am not going in there." I think Lee Lee looks pretty like crestfallen at that, like Mulong's their best friend, and they really want to do this with with her. Um, but then they look back at the ship, and then look back at Mulong, and they're like, "I, I at least want to like, I at least want to take a peek. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna go take a peek." Uh, and then they start heading up the gangplank. All right, so you step inside, and the interior of this ship, it's almost got. 
it's weird because like you're you're coming off of the like shoreline and you have you have that like this the scent of like the briny like mixed ocean like brackish water in your nose and as soon as you walk onto the ship it's like there's no smell at all like there is no like it's not it doesn't even have like a weird sci-fi smell or like a new car smell or anything like that there's it's completely devoid of scent like 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 there is no there are no molecules moving around to create scent in the air and you feel the hair on your arms start to stand up almost like static electricity is running through your body and it could it could just be a symptom of your nerves or it could be like a, a like a, a a response to outward stimuli but whatever it is you push forward and eventually you come into what you assume is the bridge of this ship where there's a there's a control panel and there are three seats uh one seated in the in the main center next to the control next to the forward control panel and then uh one seated next to a starboard control panel and a port control panel and as soon as you step onto the bridge these panels begin to illuminate with all sorts of various colored lights and buttons you hear a couple of chimes going off and the eerie feeling that someone is watching you. Oh gosh, all of those buttons and contraptions are just so tempting. Um, also, I like how they said that they were just going to take a peek. Just <laughs> kept on going. I think they definitely like take a second to look around to see if they can like immediately notice anybody's there, and then if not, not go and like touch any buttons, but like they're definitely checking it out with interest okay uh go ahead and roll me 2d6 that one's an eight so you begin to scan the area and you are you you notice that same small figure that you saw run past the gangplank standing just outside the door watching the door to the bridge watching you i think like i i do that thing where you like crouch down a bit to try to get more on an animal's on like an animal's level just like, hey, buddy, how are you doing? I guess, are you just like, are you intelligent? Are you able to talk? You're really cute, though. Oh, my God. And then, like, they change one of their hands to, like, the the same, like, three-digit alien hand with, like, the peace sign, like, I come in peace. Um, and then, like, they continue holding their hand out, like, are you, are you friendly? Can we be friends? You're really cute. The creature reaches forward and grabs your hand, and you feel your body become icy cold and you immediately black out oh boy (laughs) the next panel we see after a panel of darkness is you opening your eyes inside of the ship the panels have all dimmed there's no lights inside of the ship except for a small bit of sunlight that's pouring through the uh the viewfinder Excellent. Um, I think they look out of the viewfinder, like, looking really worried. Um, they they definitely, like, wanted to come straight back out to Mulong. I, I guess, like, would the viewfinder show anything that isn't just, like, the sea? Roll me 2d6. Five. Doing great. <laughs> I think at this point panic has set in because you've clearly been in here all night and nobody came looking for you nobody like took you out of here like nobody came to get you 
so you look out the viewfinder and the the panic sets in and I think you run out of the ship at this point. Unless unless you, there's something else that you that you think your character would do. Yeah, I think they would they would immediately try to find their way back to the gangplank that they came in through. Okay, so you run you run out of the ship and or you run toward where the gangplank was and the gangplank is up. And as you're running, the gangplank descends. And you run out into daylight and directly into a guy uh, who is like has a pair of like the waterproof headphones uh, in his ears, and he, and he's uh, he's just walking along the beach with like a, a, a metal detector, and he and he stumbles and falls over, and he says, "What the what the hell? What do, what do you think you're doing? Like, wait, how did you get in that ship? Why are you wearing those clothes?" Uh, uh sorry, S- sorry, sir. Um, at what, what, what's on your ear, ears, what? You've never seen a pair of waterproof headphones before? What, you've been living under a rock for the past 40 years? I think that's when we see, like, Lee, like, kind of, like, look around slowly, trying to, like, see what's what's different like something's up yeah, something's I think, off i think we get the i think we get a couple of panels like and it's like a panoramic set of panels like just panning along the uh the uh various streets that line zenith bay and it is distinctly different from 1981 we see the skyline has changed drastically there are several massive skyscrapers now in the center of the city and the Technicolor Wonderland of 1981 is is gone in favor of the clean and sleek architecture of 2020. We we hear we see a text bubble off panel of a reporter uh, of a news report that says this is all Richard Riser live on location where Ditto has just stolen the crown jewels and I think we see like there there's probably like Somebody's probably got like like a tablet or something sitting there on the on the beach, and they're looking at it. And we see like you turn you turn as you're hearing this, and you look at the at the tablet, and you're seeing the news report. And there's a live shot of a figure that looks disturbingly like you, except forty years older. And we see in the in bold lettering on the final panel, Zenith Bay, twenty twenty. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to leave us a five-star rating and a nice review. It goes a long way to helping other folks find us easier. Paradigm Academy is produced and GM'd by me, Thomas Fleming. Lee, a.k.a. Echo, is played by Elliot. Our theme music was created by Jeremy Borders. You can find links to all of our social media in the show notes. Masks, a new generation, was created by Brendan Conway and distributed by Magpie Games. Magpie Games.